why do gorillas have big nostrils? Why? Because they've got big fingers. Duh. <laughs> I think wow. every single one of these jokes has been animal related. Animal related. I don't know. I don't make them up. I just tell them. Are they getting better or worse? I still think the bull charging one was my favorite. All right. Well, to all you Wings fan listeners, we've made it to episode four. Y'all keep listening, so we'll keep making these. If you have any jokes that are better than the ones that I've been opening these podcasts with, feel free to send them my way, and your joke might just make the pod. So, happy Wednesday, y'all. Mackenzie Friedman and Ian Davis here again. Happy May. Oh, yes. May. What's the? First. What? No, it's the May flowers showers something i don't know it's gonna rain april a lot showers this week. bring may flowers oh i was thinking more like may showers because it's really really rainy here but nevertheless here we are avengers in game ian i know this is your like bread and butter right here you were going to murder anybody in the office that gave you a spoiler i came close did you see it i did see it how was it i saw it opening night um it was really good you know, I uh, lived up to all the hype, in my opinion. Um, if you haven't seen it, go see it. Because it, I find that it's pretty hard right now to be on social media without running into some sort of spoiler. Um, That's currently my fear. Yeah. However, I also feel like I need to see a few other ones first. So, say I'm not caught up on my, what is it, Marvel? Marvel, Marvel yeah. films. Which ones do I have to see before I go see Avengers Endgame? Oh, man. Uh, definitely start from the beginning, right? So you don't need to see the first Hulk, really. That kind of just introduces the whole idea at the end. Spoiler, but that was like 20 years ago. So, um, But uh, definitely the first Iron Man. First How long would it take me to watch all of them? Um, oh, man. A long time. I feel like I feel like I've had multiple days where I've just watched all of them over. So, so like a weekend. You can knock it out, and do, I would do two weekends, like part one, and okay. then the next weekend, the second half. Okay, season's about to start. I don't know how much time I'll have, but I'm gonna try it. Gonna try. But uh, it did, you know, and I think what we were getting at here is that opening weekend over 1.2 billion dollars in global ticket sales. That's insanity. It's incredible. That's really incredible. Did they play Taylor Swift's Endgame in the movie at any point? Uh, no, but it was in everybody's mind. I think that's a missed opportunity on Marvel's end, in my yeah. humble opinion. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe they did play it at the end. I just was just in such shock that it went over my head. Probably. Next up, NFL Draft. Did you watch that? Yes. Big NFL fan. Um, have been for some time. Um, Buccaneers fan, so... Normally pay very good attention, very close attention to the draft. But, uh, yeah, a lot of, lot of surprises. I think Kyler Murray going number one overall. Everyone was kind of predicting it. But I think at the same time, everyone kind of wanted to see some sort of shock there, whether it was Oakland. You know, there was talks they were considering trading up to take Kyler or was Arizona. There was some talk of, like, the day of the draft that Arizona gave him, like, Basically, he needed to sign a contract saying that he would fully commit to, you know, signing with the team 
after he was drafted and commit to not backing out afterwards to go play baseball. So they were saying if he didn't sign that agreement prior to a certain time, then they wouldn't take him. And so that's so um, interesting. I hadn't heard that. Yeah. And to me, that just kind of made it like a little more interesting right before the draft started. But ultimately he goes number one, um, like a lot of people predicted, but then it still made it interesting how the whole Josh Rosen situation played out. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. Uh, hats off to Nashville, too, for just putting on quite the draft. I saw a video of the whole Broadway street, and that was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. So and the hats off too. to them. Yeah, that that was insane. And congrats to the Cowboys for a successful draft. Wishing them a great upcoming season. Obviously, our neighbors here in Arlington. A surprise there. Daniel Jones going to the Giants yeah, at six. some NFC East drama. Yeah, that, you know, I, I feel for him because not only because of like the fan reaction overall was a little negative, but, you know, that's now he's got to go out and quote unquote prove a lot of people wrong or prove that he deserved that pick. But I think it's still, it's a good situation, you know, because he's not, he's not somebody like Kyler or, you know, Dwayne Haskins, who went later, who's going to be expected most likely to go in right away and perform and prove. I mean, obviously they got Eli for a season or two or maybe more. Um, So maybe I apparently this is just going to be like a draft and stash. It'll definitely be interesting from everything that I heard and read. This was just a super bizarre draft and it was kind of off the rails in a lot of ways. So I guess we'll see which ones hit and which ones miss in the next coming years. Moving on to the NBA playoffs, we've got Warriors, Rockets, Nuggets, Blazers, Raptors, Sixter, Sixers, and Bucks and Celtics. Who you got? Uh, if I had to go down, I mean, you know, we talked about this earlier, like NBA just isn't my thing. Not in the sense I enjoy it. I like, you know, I, I watch when I can, but in terms of like knowing who's good, and I, obviously everybody that's playing right now, they're solid teams, but just at a glance, you know, I, I'm going to go with Golden State over Houston. I, I think that series is going to be pretty close. I, I could see it getting to six. Yeah. Um, potentially seven. He's playing his face off right now. Yeah. He and that that's just one of those things is like he, in my opinion, like I said, I don't know. I don't know that team very well, so don't come after me. But they're obviously one of, if not the best team in the league. But once he if he's having a night they are it just seems unbeatable yeah um nuggets blazers i i I still haven't figured out the denver nuggets you know i'm you know i grew up a spurs fan so i paid close attention to that series um watched a little bit of game seven and so i still haven't figured out the denver nuggets so i mean for all i know they might win this whole thing um and then the east i've just the raptors i you know they took Kawhi, so i'm just kind of like salty it hurts to watch sometimes. It does. It does. Well, moving on to the NHL, I know we both follow this a little closer. Mm. Um, obviously rooting for the stars, moving yes. on to the second round. So congrats to another one of our neighbors just having all sorts of success right now. We got the Sharks Blues, Stars Blues, yeah, stars Sharks blues. Avalanche, mm-hmm. Hurricanes Islanders, and Blue Jackets Bruins. Yeah, and then the, I think the the East is a little bit more of a surprise here. Because um, having Carolina in Columbus and, and the Islanders, I mean, the Bruins are, are typically one of the powerhouses to come out over there. But 
to see those teams kind of make it this far is pretty cool, and it definitely makes it interesting. Um, going back to the Stars, for those listening, if you haven't been to a watch party at Texas Live for the Stars games, which I believe they'll have a few more, you got to get out there. It is such a fun environment. It just feels like you're at a game. It's so with it's so fun. I also went to one of them, and for a fraction of the price, aka it's free, um, it's a great time. Even if you're not a hockey fan, there's something about playoff hockey. So I definitely recommend tuning into a game, getting to a watch party, something like that, uh, holding it down for the, for the home team. The Stars and Blues series is intense. Yeah. They do not like each other. Jamie Benn does not like the Blues, yeah. but, it's, but it's close. And going back real quick, if you aren't a hockey fan, going to a playoff game will ensure that you will be a hockey fan moving forward. 100%. Well, good luck to the Stars. Good luck to your Sharks. I know you're a Sharks fan. I am. And um, shout out to all the wild cards, all the underdogs that are holding it down. Yeah. No more division winners left. It's not about how you start. It's about how you finish, right? Yep. And that wraps up Headline Surfing. As we move in to our next segment, we had a chance to catch up with a very special guest, current Dallas Mavericks assistant coach, former WNBA player, and coach, former WNBA champion, Coach Jenny Busick. We got a chance to ask her about Dirk, about the Mavs, about the WNBA, coaching with Brian Agler, and so much more. So here she is. Coach Busick, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. Did I say that right? Yes. Perfect. This is Mackenzie Friedman and Ian Davis here with the Wings, and you are with us on the Wingspan podcast. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Good to talk. Yeah. Hi, Coach. So to, to start things off, um, I did a little research beforehand and saw that you are from Nashville. Is that correct? Yes. Born and raised. Perfect. So earlier in the podcast, we talked a little bit about the um, NFL draft that just happened in Nashville. Did you get to watch any of it? I didn't watch much of it. No, I've, I've been more focused on the NBA playoffs um, and just catching up on some other things now that our season is over. So, yeah, I don't have time for all of the sports nowadays now that I'm trying to get caught up on, and learn the NBA. I definitely relate to that. Uh, well, you should be very proud of, of your hometown. They put on a great show, and I heard a crazy number that, like, something 600,000 600, people yeah, came. Almost so, a million. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was, it was great. nuts. It was, was a nuts. great city. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. So you just mentioned the offseason. What does the offseason kind of look like for you? Well, this is my first technically my first off-season coaching in the NBA, um, just because last off-season, quote-unquote, I was seven months pregnant, eight months pregnant, had a child. So um, I didn't really have an off-season last year because I was pretty much on house arrest and having a baby. So this will be my first one, and I'm learning what it's going to be like. You know, I know we have um, some draft workouts coming up, and um, I'm going to the pre-draft camp to help with the clinic, and we've got summer league stuff, and and things like that, a lot of meetings, trying to brainstorm and, and get our ideas together for how we, we want to go about things next season. Well, how has that been for you, being a mother, a working mother, coaching in the NBA, and, you know, having a second full-time job and being a mom and raising a child? What has that been like? It's a juggling act, uh, to say the least. You know, I'm very, very blessed that I work for an organization um, with, with understanding bosses and fact. Um, Mark Cuban and Rick Carlisle both seemed to have knew what I was getting into better than I did. I think because they're both fathers, and um, and they were they showed a lot of foresight in the role that they gave me, and um, 
And so it's worked out really well because they, they were very mindful of the fact that I was going to be in my first year of motherhood uh, when they designed the role that they gave me. I love that. I love that. And I know we have a lot of players in our league as well that deal with the same thing. And I think it's, I think it's pretty incredible and something that, you know, the, the men in the sport and, um, and in our leagues don't, don't necessarily have to deal with, um, on, on such great a scale. So, uh, props to you. Um, and I did a really terrible job of introducing you, but we are here with Jenny Busick, assistant coach of the Dallas Mavericks. And, um, she's going to tell us just a little bit about her job and what it entails. So can you start us off there? Assistant coach with the Mavericks. What, what is your day to day look like? Um, well, the role is still kind of evolving, um, but it turned into last season anyway, um, assisting the offensive coordinator and really focusing on the offensive end of the floor for our team, um, and then doing a lot of advanced scouting. So I didn't travel with the team last year, so I did, um, you know, a number of our home games, game preparation, advanced scouting, preparing for our opponents and preparing the team for our next opponent. That's awesome. So switching from the NBA to the WNBA a little bit, you started out as a player and then transi- transitioned into coaching. Um, when you f- from when you first joined the league until now, how have you seen the league evolve and change to kind of where it is today? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting question. The league is, is um, obviously gone through a lot of growth first and, um, and had a, a steep learning curve. And there's been some cycles and circles, I think. It's been interesting just to watch the different um, phases and seasons that the league has gone through as it's growing up, still growing up. And it's had some awkward teenage phases and some immature phases and some very um, some very glorious phases. So it's, it's interesting and it's ever-changing. I think everybody who's been involved with the league for a long time is constantly seeking um, how to grow it and how to make it better. And I love that about the league is, it's still something that's very much being discovered um, in terms of how we can uh, create an identity and make our mark in, in this culture that's oversaturated with a lot of sports and pro sports in particular. So it's a challenge, but it's a beautiful league. And the women of the league are, in my opinion, some of the most incredible people in the whole wide world. And that's why I loved it so much work to get into work with those women on a day-to-day basis, year after year after year, and get to know them and build relationships and watch it be a small part of their journeys on and off the court. Um, just very rewarding given the type of people that they are. When you decided that you wanted to pursue a career in coaching, was coaching in the NBA kind of what you were striving for, or were you just wanting to coach and see where it took you? Well, I wasn't even wanting to coach, to be honest. I was pre-med, and my whole family's doctors, and thought that I was going to be a doctor. Um, but when I played in WNBA and got hurt um, very young, I just didn't have the competition out of my system, number one. And number two, the vision of the league and the potential of the league had really captured my heart and wanting to be a part of this league and try to help it get off the ground and be successful and, and grow into its potential, um, as well as, I haven't experienced the locker room and a lot of the challenges of being a professional female athlete, uh, which was new at the time, wanting to be somebody on, on the coaching staff that could serve those women um, in a way that, that I understood what they were going through a little bit. Um, so those things just ripped me, and, and I ended up staying with it, you know, and a lot of it had to do with, like I said, like the uh, the type of women that you're dealing with on a day-to-day basis and, and just the 
the challenge and the, the joy and the inspiration that they bring to your life as a coach. So you obviously ended up in Dallas with the Mavericks and someone that you coached with is now a part of the Dallas basketball scene as well. So you coached with um, new Dallas Wings coach Brian Agler in Seattle when y'all won the 2010 championship. What do you think Brian will bring to the Dallas Wings this year and, and beyond? Well, Brian, he's, he's an excellent coach. He's, he's been a winner everywhere he's ever been. Um, and he's a closer. You know, when I've been asked to describe Brian before, he is a closer. So you give him um, the right mix of players and put put that put him in situations with big games and big moments and pressure and challenging personalities, and he's gonna he's gonna shine. I mean, he just he's one of the best I know under pressure and uh, and bringing the trophy home. So um, you know, he's he's proven. And he's got a ton of experience. He's also the type of guy that's always listening and learning and growing as a coach, which you have to. Everything's changing so quickly in terms of the game, but also dealing with players. And Brian's one that is always very open and receptive um, to learning and listening. And it's one of the reasons why he was is one of my, if not my favorite coaching experience. Um, one of them was working alongside Brian in Seattle and just the partnership that we had the mutual respect and the collaboration um, that went on, it just was, it was a real, a real joy. Well, we love hearing that over here in the wings front office. And I'm sure that our fans will be super excited about, you know, the potential and the possibility of bringing, bringing a trophy home, which we know Brian is super familiar with. So obviously the wings are, are fairly new to the market. We're entering into our fourth season, but the Mavs have been here for a while and now you've kind of been in the market for a year. So what do you see about basketball in the Dallas market as a whole, the fans, the people, um, anything like that? It's a great sports town. I mean, I think that's obvious. I think that the people here are very, uh, there's a lot of local pride. And, uh, and so people want to support their, their team. And it's not like that in every city. You know, there's a lot of cities where there's a lot, a lot more transients and, and people just not, not as loyal to the place that they live. And, and I, I find people that I meet here are very loyal to the city and, and to their home team. So, you know, hopefully the word keeps spreading about the wings and, exposure keeps growing um and so you know the fan base can can expand as well there seems to go ahead sorry matt no you're good there seems to be sort of a a turning in the of the page um with the dallas mavericks right now obviously the um, dirk chapter came to a glorious end but there's obviously a lot to be excited about moving forward to next season with the way Luca performed and having Porzingis lined up and ready to go. Talk a little bit about the energy just around the team as a whole as you guys are going into this offseason. I think there's a lot of hope. There's a lot of excitement, as you said. It's, um, you know, the franchise is used to being successful and winning, and we have top-notch leadership from Cynthia Marshall, Mark Cuban, to Rick Carlisle, and they're used to success and uh, very good at what they do. And so to have to take some steps backwards to go forward is what every franchise has to go through at some point. It's just a life cycle of a pro sports franchise. It's, it's very painful for competitors. I've been through it several times, uh, most recently in Seattle and as head coach there. But uh, it's not an easy thing. It's not for the faint-hearted. And we're really hoping and optimistic that we're on the upswing of that and, uh, and you know, that we'll, we'll have a good, strong chance to fight for a playoff spot in the West next year, which is, which is a huge challenge, a lot harder than what people think. 
Ian kind of led me directly into one of my one of the questions I've been most anxiously looking forward to ask you. So I've lived in Dallas my whole life. I consider myself an MM, MFFL, Mouse Stand for Life, for those of you who don't know what that means. Uh-huh. Um, I was at the Dirk's final home game and cried throughout the whole thing. So do you have any yeah. fun Dirk stories or just any any insight um, that you you can give us about about Dirk being closer to him than most of us will ever be. Um, is he really as nice as everybody says he is? Because I haven't heard anybody say a mean thing about him. No, he, he really genuinely is. And, um, you know, I just, I was only with him one season, obviously, but um, it was a, it was a challenging season for him, especially at the beginning when his, um, you know, surgery hadn't gone as anticipated and he was not sure that he was going to even be able to come back at all just to see the character that he showed when he was really tested during that time facing a lot of unknowns and questions and he still kept his sense of humor and his humility and um his connection with his teammates I, that was the first thing that i really noticed about him because that's when somebody's tested you find out some of the depths of what they're about um and but then once he came back i think that's the biggest thing that stuck out to me was just his humor you know like and i think self-depreciation is one of the most funny forms of humor and he just at his age stage and level of success he was always poking fun at himself and in uh in both verbally but also physically and you know like i remember one time he he would uh set up in practice he would set up a race for him and dennis smith but dennis would start on the baseline and dirk would start at half court and <laughs> and uh he would set it up and then right before they, they'd be like and dennis would like be down in the stance you know like really ready and no one really knew who would win that, to be honest. You know, so um, Dirk would say, all right, Mark, get set. And then he kept, like, stopping it right at the last minute. Um, and so Dennis, you know, young, the young with superstar that was so antsy and chomping at the bit like a little racehorse just kept getting teased by Dirk and falling for it every single time. But it was stuff like that, you know, just being willing to race somebody where you start at half court and, <laughs> and take yourself not too seriously is refreshing. That's great. I love that. There, there will never be another Dirk. That is for sure. So we just have a couple more questions before we wrap this up. So you said that when you were playing, you didn't really anticipate going into coaching. So when you look at your roster right now, is there anybody on the Mavericks that you think this person, he would make a great coach? I think we have several. Um, we have a high character team. And we've got a lot, actually a lot of guys on the team that, we're not big superstars and highly drafted or, dra- or undrafted period. And I think sometimes that makes a really good coach because they've had to work really hard and they appreciate where they are. Jalen Brunson is a perfect example where, I mean, his dad actually was an NBA coach um, and player, but he's, he's just a guy that is a natural leader. Um, and he thinks the game at extremely high level um, and has just all the, the, he's a role model. So his words speak a lot louder than his actions and people respect that. And uh, so he, he stands out as somebody that I think would, would make a great coach one day if he, if he so chose. So being a female in a male dominated industry, what's that like? What have your struggles been? What message do you have for young girls that might want to get into coaching or get into the front office or kind of be where you are today? What, what can they expect? Um, anything like that? It's it's not easy. Um, there's a lot of people. It's a competitive job market that don't want more competition. 
and you feel that. Um, but at the same time, I think our what you can control is what you can control, and what we can control as females is being as absolutely prepared as possible, not expecting something because you're a female, um, but being being ready and being prepared uh, when your number is called, and approaching things being being true to who you are, not based on other people's responses because some people are not going to respond well to you for reasons that are no fault of your own. So staying true to yourself, staying humble. Um, and, you know, I, I think all of us females know what it's like when you show up to play pickup on the playground, which doesn't happen as much nowadays, but really should happen more, where you show up as a female on the playground and you don't get picked um, or you get picked last. And it's kind of like a token thing because they have to pick you or you called next and eventually your turn comes up and you have to prove yourself. And if you cry about getting picked last, or you cry about not getting picked, you know, it gets you nowhere. But if you just show up and wait for your time, wait for your turn, wait till you, you know, you get on the court and then you prove yourself and you help the team win, then you're going to get picked the next day. And so I, I approach it the same way you approach showing up on the playground. And that's that I expect to have to prove myself every single day and get picked last a lot. Absolutely. Be ready and prove yourself. I love that. Well, Coach, thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pre pleasure, and we would love to have you at a Wings game sometime this season. So check out the schedule if you haven't already, and um, let us know when you want to come hang out oh, with us I'll in Arlington. Oh, I'll there. Yeah, Brian and I are actually Brian Agler and I are actually getting together Thursday afternoon. Oh, great! Oh, perfect. Talk shop. Yeah, and uh, so Brian knows I'll help him, you know, whenever and support him and and uh, support the WNBA. So I plan on maybe coming out to training camp some and coming to as many games as I can. I'm, I'm a huge supporter and believer in the WNBA. And I may end up back there before too long now that I'm a mom. So um, very, very close to my heart. Love that. Love that. Well, we look forward to seeing you around and take care. Enjoy your off season. Um, take care of that little babe and we will see you next time. All right. Thanks for having me. Thanks coach. Thanks, Talk coach. to you later. Okay. See ya. Thanks again to Coach Busick for joining us on the podcast. I think she had a lot of great insight on the Mavs, on the league, and I'm really looking forward to her coming to the offices and getting to chat with her in person. Yeah, she's definitely somebody I think us as an organization can kind of turn to for a lot of things, but um, it's really cool to see that um, she's, you know, finding success and she's, you know, about to help. Um, that franchise, what looks to be um, heading in a really fun and, and great direction um, and kind of have like a front row seat to it. Uh, you know, I was I was in San Antonio when Becky Hammond came on board and um, there was a lot of excitement and, and buzz around, you know, having a female coach on the team. And, you know, we saw firsthand how after like a week it was like that wasn't even a thing anymore. She was just a coach and you saw the way that she was working with the players. And I haven't had the chance personally to um, watch coach Busick um, in a similar way, but I imagine that it's just the same. And I, I think in, we're not far from where this isn't even going to be a headline anymore. And I think that's everybody's goal. Absolutely. It's, it's not about male or female. It's about doing your job. It's about being ready and waiting for your name to be called on the playground and proving yourself. So I think that was really great advice and stuff that I will definitely take with me as a female in this male dominated industry as well. So thanks again to coach and moving on to 
Our next segment, we got to catch up with Alicia Gray about her off season, about her overseas travel in Israel, about the upcoming season, and we got to play a little game with her called Fact or Fake. All right, what is up, Wingspan? We are currently sitting here with Alicia Gray. Leash, what's up? Nothing much. Nothing much, just hanging out. How's your off season been? Uh, it's been chill. Uh, back in Dallas to start training to get ready for the season. Nice. Where you been? Uh, I was in Israel for a couple months, and then I was back home in Georgia. And now I'm here. Nice. And then you went to Miami. I did. So fun. It was, it was so fun. So fun. I'm jealous. <laughs> um, so off season was good. Israel was good. What was your favorite part of Israel? Um. Like any cool sites or any cool foods? Uh, Tel Aviv's real yeah. nice. Yeah, this is a real nice uh town. Any food? Yes, it's a city. Any weird foods? Uh, well, I'm a picky eater. Ooh, so uh, what? You, what was your what was your standard meal in Israel? Oh, well, one of my uh teammates uh, uh, it was a thing they did every Friday. Oh, uh, Shabbat. I think it's Shabbat. I think it is, but uh, <laughs> every like. Friday, I think they would have like a dinner, and her mom would make these uh, these like rolls with like meat in them, and it was so good. They were good. Yes, and they had like little mushroom sauce on the top. Ooh, it was so good. Anything that's like meat and bread sounds <laughs> like it'd be a good idea, right? Yeah. Speaking of meat and bread, we had a debate on the last podcast on whether a hot dog is a sandwich or not. Where do you stand on the hot dog debate? I've never heard that before. Is a hot dog a sandwich? I would say no. Why? Because, like, a sandwich usually is, like, open all around, and a hot dog only has one opening. So that would be my I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just wondering. But I don't think it's a sandwich. I I agree with you. I agree (laughs) with you. It's been a hot topic one around the wings office for the past two weeks. Um, So that's enough about that. Looking forward to the season. What are you most excited about? Uh, Just having everybody back. uh, It's been a long, like, six months. Uh, just having everybody back, being in training camp. I mean, it's the wait has been so long, and it's right next month, so I can't wait. I'm so excited. Do you miss your teammates and just, like, being with them every day? Or we're, like, toward the end of the season where you're like, oh, can't wait to get away from these guys? No, I miss them. Uh, I can't wait to see them around training camp time. I'm ready to laugh again. I know. <laughs> I see your smile. It's so big. Obviously, <laughs> listeners can't see it. But she's super excited, and I'm super excited. And we've been hanging out with her a little bit today, and it's – just it feels like the season's coming, um, which is super exciting. So what obviously you're headed into your third year. What um you obviously are excited about being around your teammates, but like basketball wise, what what's your main focus this year? Uh just to continue doing what I've been doing, uh, any way possible to help the team. Uh I think this season I definitely need to be a little little bit more aggressive than last season and uh kind of take advantage of more opportunities that I, I would have on the court. But overall, just trying to be the best teammate I can to help the team win in any way possible. Absolutely. So I know last offseason you were finishing your degree, and then this offseason you went overseas, and Greg has spoken very highly about your play overseas. And um, I know he's really looking forward to getting you back and getting on the court. So what are you um, looking forward to with Coach Agler and stuff? I know you probably haven't gotten to – play with him or interact with him that much um, since you just got here, but you've obviously heard a lot and know his reputation around the league. Uh, he's definitely a, a big-time coach. Uh, he's amazing. Um, I actually got to, like, uh, text with him a couple times, and we got to talk 
here and there about the season. He was saying his main focus was defense, and I was like, I definitely heard that about you before. So I definitely will have to play a lot more defense this year. Nice, nice, nice. Well, I'm excited, and I know with you know everyone's starting to come back in town, the the buzz and the season, it's it's starting to come. But before the season starts, we have a game to play right here, right now, and it is called. Fact or fake? Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Perfect. So how this is going to work is Ian, our producer, is going to read a statement. And it's either going to be true or it's going to be false. And we're either going to say fact or fake. If you get it right, you get a point. If you get it wrong, I get a point. And the best of seven wins. Okay. You, you ready? Yep. Are All right. you ready? I, I think so. <laughs> I'm ready. Should Alicia go first? Yeah. First fact. A bolt of lightning contains enough energy to toast one million slices of bread. True or false? True. It's false. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Lightning bolt strong, so I don't know. I w- the, the actual, it can toast uh, 100,000 slices of bread. That's still Still lot. pretty impressive. Fun fact about slices of bread is Ian <laughs> here petitioned our office... I don't even know what he is. He's an office he's magician, genie, whatever you want to call him. Yeah, he's the best, and this place would fall apart without him. But his name is Donovan, and Ian petitioned Donovan for a toaster in the office, and he gave Ian the challenge to get eight signatures Eight signatures to get a toaster. Ian got them, and we now have a toaster in the office. So if, about <laughs> if you need toast without lightning, we've got you covered. So I'm currently winning one to nothing Point for those back. keeping score. Mac, mm-hmm. a cold basketball is bouncier than a warm one because the molecules inside it hit the surface at a higher speed. Well, I think half that statement's true and half of it's false, but since the whole thing is not true, I'm going to say false. That is false. See, I yeah. should have yes. got that one. I knew that yeah. one. <laughs> it's actually the opposite. A warm basketball is bouncier. Nice. I won't explain because then I'll just make myself look dumb, but all I know is I got the point and I'm winning to nothing. <laughs> Leash, catch up. I know. <laughs> Alicia, basketball incorporated rules from a children's game called Duck on a Rock in which a stone was placed on an elevated object such as a tree stump with a player guarding it. Other players would try to knock the stone off by throwing ducks or rocks. Hopefully not literal ducks. I think that's in quotations. (laughs) Wait, can you repeat that? Basketball incorporated rules from a children's game called Duck on a Rock, where (laughs) people would put a rock or hopefully not a live duck on a tree stump and throw rocks at it. (laughs) I'm going to say false. (laughs) It's true. Oh, my God. I wish certain Ian made that up. (laughs) I ain't never played nothing like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's either true or I got it off of a website. Where if it's on Google, it's true. You know, those are the rules. <laughs> Three nothing uh, for three this nothing. game. It's about to be over fast. All right. Mac. Yep. Chickens can smell rain from 50 miles away. False. That is false, but I don't know. Maybe they can. How would No, that? they can't. It's either true or it's false. You said it was false, so it's false. And I have four points. <laughs> and I win. <laughs> <laughs> she got easy one. Well, we'll keep answering the rest of the questions. Yeah. yeah. 
Alicia. I got easy ones. Girl, please. You did. I knew the answer to yours. <laughs> it's in no mind. You knew that chickens couldn't smell rain from 50 miles away. Yep. That's just a common fact you keep <laughs> in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> the Netherlands built a bridge specifically for squirrels to cross the highway safely. You played overseas. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, for squirrels, false. It's true. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I knew it. I literally shook my head yes, and I was like, I hope she didn't see me. My brain. I should have It is true. Uh, <laughs> apparently, they spent $120,000 on this bridge, and only, like, five squirrels have used it. That's a very high return, or not a very high return on investment. But the Netherlands is supposed to be, like, one of the nicest places you can go, so it's like, they got to, you know, what yeah. are they doing with all the... Yeah, save the squirrels. Yeah. We have one more. One more. <laughs> is and it going to be a sweep or not? <laughs> We're going to give it Probably to Alicia. Just be see if she can get on the board. How's that? Fine. Because you already have four. Okay. And then maybe, well. Don't give her a point she didn't earn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go for it. Last question. Uh, Doritos are flammable and can be used to start campfires. Well, all my answers have been false and they've been wrong. Doritos, I mean, that was my favorite chip, so I should know, but I don't. You don't set them on fire ever? No, <laughs> I don't play with fire. Maybe you should start. <laughs> <laughs> um, That'll make it dangerous for people to eat, though, right? Yeah, you just stick the chip in your mouth and it just can bust. I'm going to say false. If you say true, I'm walking out. <laughs> it's true. Oh, my God. I'm done. <laughs> no, if you need some kindling for your campfire and you probably got a bag of Doritos to... Yeah, that's I that's really <laughs> that's really Doritos. good to know. That's yeah. that's actually a useful fact. Yeah, Doritos can be used as kindling. Oh, it's well, and well, it's not my sport. Seven to nothing. I am the winner, Alicia. Valiant effort. Better <laughs> luck next we'll, time. We'll run it back next time. She's <laughs> al- she's also I'm the one that said, back. "Wait, <laughs> this better be a competition." And I was like, "Duh!" And here we go. But hey, I got all the difficult questions. That's all right. We'll get the losing out of the way now <laughs> so you win on the court. How's that sound? Deal. Perfect. We should have <laughs> we should have bet like lunch or something on this. Coffee. I'm I don't glad know. we did. I know. <laughs> Whatever. Doritos. Are now Doritos. <laughs> um Well, thanks for joining us for a few quick minutes. But before we leave, we do a segment on Wingspan called Women Crush Wednesday because our podcast is released re- <laughs> see what I did there? Released. <laughs> Every other Wednesday. So it can be on the court, off the court, family, friend, whatever. Um, there's really no limits. But who is your woman crush Wednesday? I'm going to go with my mom. Why? Uh, she's just a strong individual. Uh, she's she's molded me into the person I am today. Such such a powerful person. Uh, always supporting me through anything that I wanted to try or do. So my woman crush Wednesday is my mom. Love that. Moms are the best. <laughs> um, last thing before we go, where can we find you on social media? Uh, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at greatness underscore 15 G R A Y T N E S S underscore 15. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. The greatness in our <laughs> presence today, y'all. Uh, Leash, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you on the court. Thank you for having me. Oh, man, Alicia only thought she was ready for the Mac attack.
but she was not. She was not ready. No. Uh, when we say that, that wasn't even close. <laughs> it literally wasn't <laughs> even close. Sorry, Leash. Better luck next time. I'm sure we'll be hearing a lot more from Leash, Alicia as the season goes She's along. She's probably already at home looking up facts. Yeah. She's ready for the rematch. Waiting for the rematch. She's come with her own next time. Stay tuned for Mac versus Alicia. Fact or fake part two. So we wrap this episode of Wingspan up the same way we do every Wednesday with our Women Crush Wednesdays. Ian, I'll let you kick us off. Tip us off. This is basketball. Yeah, for me, it's going to be my my sister, Gabriella, a.k.a. Gabby, a.k.a. I call her Gabs Davis. Um, she's just uh, doing a lot of great things for herself as well as the family right now. I mean, so she's raising a two-year-old, uh, my nephew, Kurtz, um, just, just moved into a new apartment, but she's still um, getting her schoolwork done. She's about to graduate. She's going to Europe for a couple of weeks to, as part of um, her education, just kind of watching her kind of round out that this chapter in her life and to kind of move forward and into the working world and um, raising her baby boy. It's, uh, it's fun to watch and it's fun to be a part of. Shout out to sisters for the best. I might be biased because I'm also a sister, but I think I speak for all brothers out there and sisters. Sisters just rock. Uh, and also Oh, and my nephew just broke his arm too. Oh so she's no. dealing with that. Yeah, he he was um it was the day after Easter and they thought they he loved the Easter egg hunt so much they were like, Well, let's set up one for him in the apartment the day after Easter because he'd oh love no. it and then fast forward 20 minutes and he's got a broken arm. Poor and, little guy. Yeah. But he's taking it like a champ too. He Apparently he cried for maybe 30 seconds and that's about it. That's my dude. Yeah. Shout out to little buddy with the broken arm. Hope he gets better soon. My Women Crush Wednesday is Nicole Lynn who is a sports agent and she just became the first black woman to represent a First round draft pick. She represents oh. uh, Quinn and Williams, who oh, nice. went in the to top the five. Yeah, and I just think that's super cool. Um, another just really awesome, strong, uh, really good role model in uh, woman in the sports industry. So shout out to Nicole. Keep holding it down. Keep representing. And like Ian said a little bit earlier, one day these won't be headlines, and this will just be the norm. So let's keep it rolling, ladies. And that wraps up episode four of Wingspan. Thanks once again for listening. As always, be sure to like, subscribe, share, leave a review, all of the things. Um, I posted this on social a little bit ago, but if you leave a review, we might just drop you a little something special in the mail. So just a little incentive to, to show your love and to spread the word about Wingspan. Uh, we have a lot of fun doing this, so we hope you have fun listening. Be sure to follow us at Dallas Wings on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For any other information, visit us at DallasWings.com. Once again, Ian, where can we find you on social? At Ian Matthew Davis. That's both Instagram and Twitter. You can find me at Mac Friedman on Instagram and Twitter as well. And that's a wrap for episode four. We'll catch you next time on Wingspan.
It's time for our front office minute. This week, we have another very special member of the Dallas Wings front office. He has 60 seconds to introduce himself and talk about whatever he wants. Your 60 seconds of fame start in three, two, one, go. Hey, Mac. My name is Sterling Addison Randall. I'm the director of communications here with the Dallas Wings, and I've decided to spend the next 60 seconds spoiling Avengers Endgame for everyone. So skip forward if you don't want to have it ruined. Just kidding. Just kidding. I'm not going to do that. It was a really awesome movie. Um, I'm really not sure what to talk about. I feel a lot of pressure, but I felt like I should cop on the podcast and recommend a book to everyone. Uh, I'm currently reading Into Thin Air by John Krakenauer, and it is all about um, climbing Mount Everest. Uh, back in the late 90s, there was a expedition on Everest that this journalist was a part of that a bunch of people died on. Um, they also made a movie about it. Uh, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty cool movie, uh, but the book's fascinating. I'm just getting chocked full of Everest fun facts, and I got one for you, okay? So they first measured Everest and decided that it was the highest peak back in 1865, okay? And they wow. decided that it was um, X height, right? Just by using, like, shadows and whatever. Yep. Then when they actually measured it with technology, guess how close they were? How close? 20 feet. So, Whoa. kids, stay in school, use math. Is that 60 seconds? Yeah! Whoa! Right on time. Sterling, I do have to say that is the most interesting take we've had on our front office. Hashtag so fun far, fact. But if y'all know Sterling, we wouldn't expect it any other way. <laughs> so what exactly do you do for the wings, Sterling? So like I said, I'm the director of communications. Anything that is communications related goes through me. Um, but mostly... I control uh, media access to the team. If you're a journalist or a blogger or uh, any type of news media outlet and you want to come to practice, um, you come to me. I work very heavily with you, uh, Mac, as the director of social media to find out, you know, the certain messaging um, and storylines that we put out um, for the team. Um, basically, I'm just a storyteller and I help people tell their stories. Uh, it's a really fun job. I get to talk to a lot of people. Um, sometimes it, it, it gets a little stressful because I'm working with a million people's other schedules, but uh, I very much like what I do. You're a champ. You're a champ. Um, can we find you on social media anywhere? Y yeah, I'm at Sterling Comms, C-O-M-M-S, and you can follow me for cute updates of my children. The cutest kids. What are their names? Uh, I have a three-year-old. His name is Izzo. He just turned three on Saturday, and then I have a Holy cow, he's almost nine months old. A uh, nine-month-old baby named Gus. They're adorable. You want to follow him for all the cute <laughs> baby pics. Sterling, thanks for joining us on the pod. No, thank y'all.